0: No matter how many times you perform the same operation, the answer is always the same. As the factors expand out in their unshakable pattern, my heartbeat steadies, the chill ebbs, and the wrong feeling fades away. Which it should, because the guy looks like a regular, non-threatening human being. He's glancing down at a book propped open on his lap, his black hair sloping jaggedly across his forehead, Gray corduroy blazer open over a lettered t-shirt I can't read because of the truck. The corner of his mouth is quirked up, as if he's read something funny. From his clothes, and what I can see of his face, I'd guess he's in college. Maybe waiting for a friend who lives nearby before heading to campus. I turn before he catches me staring, studying the courthouse again as the last ripples of wrongness subside. Eighteen windows, six across each of the three stories, four fluted columns one more mental disaster averted. It's been a long time since a moment like that overwhelmed me, but the memories are as vivid as yesterday. The tremor of sobs in my throat, the frantic babbling. No matter how practiced I get, I know a total breakdown is just a slip up away. The worst part, worse than the panic and the unpredictability of the feelings, is that no matter how intense or certain they get or how much I want to react, there's never anything actually wrong. The feelings are unavoidable and unrelenting and absolutely meaningless. Skylar, Angela says, earth the sky. I blink and look back at her, smiling automatically. I'm sorry, thinking about the chemistry test. The lie comes automatically too, but with a prick of guilt. It fits the image my friends have of me. You know Skylar, always so focused. No wonder her brain needs to recharge sometimes. But I didn't become Skylar the cool and collected until middle school. One of the reasons Angela and I are friends is that she never blinked when every now and then in elementary school, I'd randomly decide we needed to play somewhere else in the yard or go to a different store, or I really didn't like that one song. Even the times I couldn't get away fast enough and the panic took over, she accepted my weak excuses and just seemed happy when I was okay again. She treated it like an odd but inoffensive allergic reaction I gradually grew out of. Except I haven't actually grown out of it. I've just gotten better at pretending. Like you'll have any trouble with the test, Angela says, rolling her eyes. We have to go over the formulas again at lunch, okay? They always make sense when you're explaining them, and then an hour later, it's all a blank. She swipes her hand across her forehead dramatically, then perks up. There she is! Miss Vincent has just come around the corner, walking as quickly as the narrow heels of her ankle boots allow. She stops at the edge of our crowd, smoothing her wind-blown hair back into its usual auburn bob, the color I wish mine were, instead of brown with a hint of orange. Yet another victory of public transportation over punctuality, she says, beaming at us. Well, here we are. Let's head inside and see some law in action. She leads us through the double doors like the captain of an invading brigade. A security officer does a quick check of our bags, and then we march up the stairs. My gaze snags on an empty corner on the first landing. Wrong. My hand is already in my pocket as the chill tingles over me, but the feeling's not as strong as it was with the guy outside. I only have to spin three beads on the bracelet before it's faded. Twice in ten minutes. Sometimes I can go a whole day without one. What a great trip this is shaping up to be. I drag in a breath and zero in on Daniel's back ahead of me, on the shifting of his shoulders and the spot where his pale neck meets his sweater. The sweater is forest green. I think it's his favorite. He wore it at least once every week last fall and winter. He wore it the second time we went out, the time when I said goodbye and bolted for my front door right when he was about to kiss me, because the stupid streetlight felt wrong and my mind scattered. He was wearing it on the day the week afterward, when I went up to him in the cafeteria, and he talked to me like I was just some girl from class, and I knew there wasn't going to be another date. It's a nice sweater, but I kind of hate it. Jada's talking with the football guys now, which gives me a flicker of reassurance, even though she and Daniel have been friends since sophomore year and never anything more, even though I already had my chance. Angela Mott coughs and I jerk my gaze away, my cheeks warming. She smirks at me, knowing who I was looking at.